Hello and welcome. I'm Michelle. And I'm Jessica. And this is Pretty Over Perfect. We are two former neighbors and current best friends who know that perfection is an illusion that could easily keep us from living our best lives. We are here to discover the goodness in the messiness of real life and find joy in the everyday by embracing simplicity, creativity, and a little sparkle. Hello, Jessica. Hi, Michelle. How are you over there in the Pacific Northwest? Well, we are all snowed in here at the time of recording. It's pretty exciting. Pretty fun. Exciting. So is everything shut down? Well, I'm not going anywhere. Yes, Mm. I think mostly things are shut down because it only snows here really like once a year where I live. And so everyone just hunkers down for the weekend. It sounds dreamy. It does. It sounds great. We just make snowman pancakes and go sledding a lot. And that's all that we do. It's pretty fun. I think that's awesome. And how are you? Are you sitting down for this? (laughs) I'm sitting down. I'm sitting down. I have to tell everyone about. Yes, you do. The experience from our last recording. I should probably include the fact that I am pregnant, Mm -hmm. due in May. Um, I usually stand up when we record because in the past I did pageants and we would stand up to interview and I just feel a little bit more, I don't know, in control that way. So I was so uh, before we recorded last time, I had gone to a high fitness class and went straight into recording. So I was standing up that whole time, and by the end of it, I was feeling kind of weak, kind of sick. My husband, <laughs> my husband ushered me downstairs to get a snack, and for some reason, I reached for peanuts out of all things. And well, you I'm need like, protein, <laughs> I guess. Probably in retrospect, I should have grabbed some apple juice, mm-hmm. but um. Anyway, so I was, I was eating those peanuts and um, passed out. Mm. I passed out. <sighs> Jessica risked her life to bring you last <laughs> week's episode, so oh, I hope you appreciated word. it. That's right. <laughs> Luckily, my husband caught me, and the baby and I are fine. And it was due to uh, low blood sugar. So, yes, sitting down, feeling much better this round. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. It's always important. There we go. Well, this week we're going to talk about how um, we like to connect with our kids and our communities. Uh, for most people, both of these have been challenged this year in particular, right? For lots of us, we're seeing way more of our kids and less of our communities. It's so true. The whole world is kind of upside down right now, as everyone knows. So, yeah, we'll just be talking about some of the ways that we are working through all of those things to still have meaningful connections with our children at home and our communities outside of our home. Yeah, despite the the challenges that this pandemic has brought that way. Yeah. So Michelle, why don't you share some ideas or some things that you guys do? I know that you have, as usual, great, great ideas and thoughts on this subject of connecting with your kids specifically. Let's start there. Okay, so one of the things that I've thought of with my kids is that I want to do things that are easily replicable, or I can I can easily do them. Mm-hmm. The level or the threshold of completion is low, right? I've talked about that a lot. I just don't want to set like too high of standards for myself or for the kids because then I can't do it for everyone. Try to be as fair as possible. Yeah. <laughs> so one of our favorite things that we've done over time is we 
would do cold cereal dates after school. And that was just a time where we would pick a box of cold cereal from the store. I don't let them have that for breakfast. So it's very special in our house. So we would just pick a box. And then every day after school, the kids would rotate through whoever was going to school at the time, the kids would rotate through and they would get a little 10 15 minute date where we would talk about their day and we would eat a bowl of cold cereal. Okay, so are you having like four bowls of cereal? Like are, are kids? No, so that's like one kid a day. A day? Okay, one kid a day, yeah. one bowl of cereal one kid a, day. a day. Yeah, one bowl of cereal a day. I was going to say, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, I'm just eating a lot of Those cold cereal. Puffs. I love cold cereal. <laughs> no. Yeah, so. That's um, so cute. I love it. Yes, and then so it was easy, easy for them to know that their turn was coming. They would get their turn tomorrow or the next day. So they'd give us a little space and we would just talk about their day at school, who they played with on the playground, if they helped their teachers do anything, what they learned that they thought was fun, that kind of thing. Just a simple way of connecting with them. And so that idea has kind of evolved and changed over the years, whether we just have like a little special treat that we pick out from the store that we make together that we share one-on-one with the kids, one kid per day. It just kind of rotates through and it's a very low time commitment because I have found that if I try to commit and say an hour to each kid, I'm never going to get through all of the kids and then they're going to be, there's going to be jealousy. There's going to be feelings of mom doesn't like me because she never got to my time. So we've done that. (laughs) We have also done Tea Tuesdays. Jessica, you've been a part of Tea Tuesdays. Yes. Where, oh, yes. So fun. Yeah, we would just have tea on Tuesdays because that seemed like fun <laughs> for everyone. And we would... Because <laughs> alliteration. It's very powerful. I really like alliteration. <laughs> you'll, you'll learn that if you listen to this podcast for long enough. But we would just make some tea and have a little treat with it. And that got to be fun. We would do that all together. So everyone would come and we'd have tea after school. And then the neighbor kids started to find out about tea tuesday so pretty soon there were quite a few children <laughs> at my house randomly only on tuesdays you i i want you to share the kind of tea though because the the one i don't know the one that you introduced me to oh, my yes. children love and they're they're not especially sophisticated in their taste but they they love this this type of tea and so we we have adopted this practice or this experience as well with this particular flavor. Yes, we like this tea because it's sort of naturally sweet. So if you are not into tea, but you don't want to be drinking all the sugar of like hot cocoa all the time, it's been a good tea for us. And we first saw it, or I first had it at the Aveda Spa. Like it's the Aveda Spa tea, but... You sound so fancy. Oh, I do. I was there like (laughs) with my friend while she was picking something up. Like I've never even been to the Aveda Spa. But sounds very classy. But no, I've never done that. I just had the tea. And then I used to buy the tea from the Aveda salon. But then I found a knockoff version on Amazon called Tea Pigs. And it is their peppermint licorice tea. And those those things, I agree, sound weird together. But they're quite good because the licorice just sweetens it a little bit. And so it's quite It doesn't taste like licorice. It just tastes like sweet, sweet peppermint. Wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah, so if you are someone who thinks tea is not appealing, 
Which was me before. <laughs> That's right. Which I did for quite a long time as well until I had this tea. And it's just very like nice and soothing and you don't have to put a bunch of sugar in it. And so it's fun. A lot of kids like it too. And I have the palate of a child, so I like it as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we do tea Tuesdays. And then I also try to just give them some one-on-one -on -one time with my kids by letting them rotate through who gets to be the sous chef to help me make dinner. And they're just the kid chopping vegetables or putting the pasta in the water or whatever i they used to all want to help and then it was just very frustrating for everybody so now we kind of just rotate through whose day is it to help make dinner and they might get a little bit of a say in which dinner we make like i've done all the grocery shopping and maybe they get to choose what the dinner is so we're making maybe their favorite on that night and okay. then we'll just chat maybe we'll play their favorite playlist as we're chopping away and they get to feel loved and special while everyone else is playing or drawing or doing whatever they're doing. Yeah, I was going to ask you what the other what the other kids do at that point. Yes, they're reading, doing homework, doing whatever. So is this displayed in your home? Like or does it does everybody have a certain day of the week that they know it's their turn to help? Oh, yeah, it's pretty casual. It's just like whoever's turn it is. And it kind of changes because let's say we don't make dinner on that day. Well, then that person's day just moved to like okay, the next so day. The yeah. So it's kind of just like, oh, it yeah. was the first child's yesterday. So now it's the second child's. It's very, it's very low key because I think in the past for us, we've tried to have a little bit more structure to the commitment and then it always just falls apart. And then somebody, if we missed Monday, then Monday's kid is all upset because we moved on to Tuesday. Yeah. So it just has been simpler, especially as they get older. We just have to be more flexible with their schedules and everything else we have going on. And, you know, what if a friend stays for longer than anticipated and knocked someone's <laughs> turn out of rotation? It just it causes too much drama. So we just, right. so we're just, we have You're to be managing flexible your brain. with that. Yes. Just making it, yeah, be, yeah, that's great. What about you, Jessica? What do you guys do in your house? Well, I think I touched on this in the last episode, but I really do feel like connection is as simple as eye contact, mm -hmm. you know, and especially with your kids, it's so easy for me at least to go from task to task, my head buried and uh, respond to my children while I'm finishing the dishes or whatever. But I really do try to make a point to turn and at least look yeah. <laughs> while I'm doing the dishes to respond. Mm -hmm. Um also, in the way of disciplining or even praising, I do try to have the eye contact there and also um, put my hand on their shoulder or their head mm -hmm. or their back to um, have two forms of, of connection or love there in those moments. Um, let's be honest, most of the time when I'm disciplining, I have angry eyes <laughs> and my grip is a little firm. Yes. <laughs> but ideally, that would be a, a time to to connect and learn and grow is is during the disciplining times. Mm -hmm. Those are the simple ways that I try to connect on a daily basis with my kids. Um, more specifically, we have what we call kid of the day. Um, it's very, it's also very simple, but I rotate between my children each day. Uh, who gets to choose breakfast and who gets to choose the show for quiet time? I let them watch a show for quiet time every day so I can take a nap or do whatever. <laughs> Without very important their cute little faces, <laughs> um, so that I think that that makes them feel special because they have a say mm -hmm. and they know that they're very um, cooperative. Because, like you were saying, they know that they have a turn the next day. 
So it does eliminate conflict as well as make them feel a little bit special. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Also, I heard years ago a phrase to uh, do something special for your kids every day. And I've tried to implement that. And it looks very, very different. And it doesn't happen every day. But it's as simple as I'll put their favorite stuffed animal like in a a funny place, like in their room. Or um, I'll put a little chocolate or candy on their bed. We just finished what I call the 12 love letters for Valentine's Day, where I just write like a one-line note for each of my children um, and hang it up on the wall so that each day they can pull it down and read it, or I read it to them, let's be honest, none of them read yet. But uh, just simple things like that, I just kind of try to keep an eye out. Like I said, it's not every day, I'm not perfect at it, but just to do something a little extra special, yeah, or even just not extra special, but just out of the ordinary for them to know that I love them. Yeah. When my kids were going to school, they loved it when I would put a note in their lunches every day. But the process of like writing them a note in the morning when everyone was trying to get breakfast and get out the door was just very stressful. And so then they would be sad. There were no notes. And so I sat down one evening and just wrote a bunch of lunchbox lunchbox notes and just had them on hand so I could easily slip them into that the brilliant. lunchbox as I was preparing it while they were making breakfast on the way to school. Didn't have to think about it. I even like looked so cute. up cute ideas on Google. And if you're not yourself into like drawing or writing notes, you can print off lunchbox notes and just cut them apart and put them in the lunchbox. I've seen people do that too, which I think, I mean, I think that it's like a, a simple way brilliant. to connect with your kid yeah. and make them feel loved and yeah yeah especially when they're away from you during the day yeah to just remember that mom loves me yes i love that and i think as you said the eye contact is so important just like these little ways of reestablishing connection because especially with smartphones and just technology around us all the time it's super easy to be distracted or pulled in a million directions and so every time i can in a simple way come back and acknowledge them I think that that's good, even if it's very, very simple looking up when they're talking to me, even if I'm really in the middle of something important, trying to do that. I mean, I think another thing that we're teaching them is when we're doing something important, they might need to wait a minute in order for us to be available. Like that's all part of it, not interrupting and having good manners. But um, yeah, I want to look up and look them in the eyes as much as possible. Yeah. So you write the the 12 love letters for Valentine's Day. What else do you do to make your kids feel loved? All right. So I asked, I actually asked my children the ways that they most felt connected to me. And my daughter brought up um, the lullaby that I wrote for her when she was a baby. And I did this for each of my children as you're rocking them to sleep mm-hmm. for sometimes hours <laughs> at first. Um, I just wrote a little song for each of them that included some of the characteristics that I saw in them at that innocent little stage of of infancy. I know that sounds kind of funny, but I just, there's things that you see in your children that you feel like, I feel like are part of their, their soul, their, their characteristics that will always be a part of their lives. And I wanted to include that, those things in a song for them so that hopefully it's something that's 
stays with them forever. And maybe when they're in their teen years or adulthood, they can recall this song that I would often sing to them that included my love and the great things that I see in them. So I thought that was sweet that she brought that up. Oh, I but, love that. Um, it sounds very fancy and very strange. <laughs> Maybe very strange. <laughs> you do some strange things when you're sleep deprived. Yes. <laughs> but um, it's the same melody for each child. Same chorus. I just plugged in little rhymes about who they were. And I would include with my first, I included three verses, like one when he was very, very small, one when he was maybe two, and then four. And then my second, she just has two verses and my third has one. So we'll see if I can even get to like making. Well, she's still little. You just haven't gotten to that second verse. Thank you. It's not all over yet. (laughs) She just has to grow more. That's right. So nothing fancy, but also I think it's important for me to bring up that music is one of the things that comes easily to me and that I find joy in. So everyone has hobbies or talents. And I think that it's good for each of us to maybe consider ours and see if there's a way to channel that into the way we connect with our children and otherwise. Yeah, definitely. I would say I like to figure out ways we can bond over things we both love. Because I thought going into parenthood that I would really enjoy playing Barbies and dress up and like building Legos for hundreds of hours. And it turns out that's not as fun as I thought it would be. Turns out it's kind of like poking your eyeballs out. (laughs) Yes, because they have like (laughs) so many little ways that they want to play. And I, as an adult, it's not as much fun (laughs) to put yourself in that uh, position all the time. I mean, there are times when I can do it, but I can't do it. I can't play Legos as much as they want to play Legos. So we have to bond over things that we both really love. One of my daughters really loves to bake. And so we will bake together every once in a while. Another daughter, she really loves to like make little crafty projects. And so we'll just sit and work on that sometimes. Um, Just whatever it is that you can both enjoy. Now that my kids are getting older, they like to play card games and we like to sit together and play cards. And like that's, I don't know, just finding little moments of connection that are not agony for the parents are they're really yeah. nice it's really nice to have those and it's it's nice that it doesn't have to be barbies or legos to connect right there are mutual interests yeah they have their own age siblings or friends to play barbies and legos with and they do i mean they will play for hours and hours together so i don't feel bad at all being the adult who wants to do something slightly different with them or you know to draw pictures with them or do whatever it is and I mean as you were saying you like to sing so I like to incorporate the things that I like to do with them and um and it's okay if those are different for every kid or different for kids and parents my husband likes to do totally different things with them and that's great too because they get another whole world opened up to up to them that he provides for them i don't have to be the only source of entertainment (laughs) it sounds like a much more well-rounded experience than if i was the only one providing that uh connection or entertainment or perspective right for them no it's not just us (laughs) that's right luckily yes like my son and one of my daughters right now they like to wake up early once a week and go on a long walk with my husband because he does that for his workout (laughs) and 
So they have this thing where my husband will whisper in my son's ear and say, it's zero dark 30. And that means it's time to wake up in the middle. That's adorable. In the middle of the night. It's not the middle of the night. It's like 6 a.m. And they go on their that's walk early, together. Though. Oh, yeah. It's totally early. and Which is great. I feel like that's great for a child yes. to learn how to wake up early and do something yeah. like that. And, it's a great habit. And they don't do it every day. It's just once a week. But they go on right. their they go on their walk. And then um, they like to they like to um, bond over the fact that they're exercising and also hanging out and talking. So it's pretty great that's time adorable. for them. <laughs> yes. I love it. So another thing that's kind of on my mind because valentine's day just passed Mm -hmm. um every year on valentine's day i like to give my children a very in-depth or thoughtful letter about what i'm loving about them at this phase in their lives um i used to journal a lot with like they each have a journal and i used to be very good about keeping that up but that has of course not been as regular so i really um put a lot of thought into these yearly letters that I present to them on Valentine's Day. And I know that they don't really get it right now, but I keep them and hope that that can kind of be something that they have forever, a little way to document their growing up journey. I love that. Did your parents do that for you? No, they didn't. I just felt guilty, to be honest, about not being able to write everything they're learning. All yes, the time. yes. No, I. Uh... So I, I take comfort in that fact that I can do that at least once a year. Yeah, I, I have done something similar, only I do it on their birthdays. So I can just write like things I love about them that at age very appropriate. nine, age yeah. eight, whatever. And I did get that idea from my mom when I was young. She um, she kept a, a little journal for me, like you're saying, and I discovered it when I was able to read and I could read through it. And I thought that was so much fun. But I also realized how much of a commitment it was because I'm the oldest yeah. child, to try and commit to writing everything you feel about your child every day, yes. especially if you're going to have more than one child. That's quite a daunting task. So um, that's why I made it something I would do just on their birthdays, because that feels a little bit more manageable. And so far, I've only missed one birthday of all of my four children. So good work. <laughs> See how it goes. And do they know that they don't have I they're going to have a missing year. What are you going to do about that? I know, that? I feel so sad because it was my youngest son when he turned 3 and I guess that I thought that I was going to write that down and just forgot. And so I've tried okay. to collect some of his memories <laughs> to write down. Okay, but I was I was involved very closely in his life at that point. Maybe we can put our heads together and come up with a letter. <laughs> we can <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> we can retroactively date it and just put it in Put it in his memory box. I do have to say that my mom also kept a journal for me. I'm the oldest as well. So lucky for us, we got the the thickest journal. Um, So that is where I got the journaling idea. But um, I need to get that from her. Yeah. Maybe I'm old enough to get it. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I think it's so fun to do those things. But it can just be if you have, I mean children or a life, it can just be very difficult to commit to. I mean, I don't even journal for myself every day. So I mean, I I have this year, but um, very simple. We're lowering the threshold of completion. (laughs) Just once a year, I'm going to write you a letter. This this reminds me, though, my mom gifted me. I'm sure most people listening know of the three and 30 podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, Rachel Nielsen 
started this flex of gold journal where it's just a moment a day mm-hmm. that you record. And she did give that to me for Christmas and I'm loving it. I'm not every day. I'm not, I don't remember to write every day, but I think something's better than nothing, but that seems like a doable thing to implement as far as documenting our children. Yeah. And growth and just motherhood in general. Yeah. This year, just in the new year, I've been wanting to just focus more on gratitude and seeing all the good things in my life. I mean, I guess that's kind of the point of this podcast, but um, I just got a notebook that I put by my bed and every night before I go to bed, I just write down three things that I enjoyed from the day. And it can be as simple mm-hmm. as dinner was really awesome because it was fajita night or whatever. Or I will write down that I really loved going sledding with my kids or I loved watching the sunset, anything like that. So it's really simple. But what has been fun about it, kind of, I guess, like the Flex of Gold journal is that throughout the day, now that I've been doing this for about six weeks, throughout the day, I will notice things happening and think, oh, I'm going to write this down. And it can be as simple as one word. Um, It's not a huge time commitment at all. It takes me 30 seconds at the end of the day. But I've been noticing throughout the day, oh, this is a really good moment. I'm going to enjoy this and I'm going to write about it later on. And it has definitely helped me focus too more on all the good things I see my kids doing because they are going to be written down at the end of the day. Not all of them. I mean, it's only three things, but it has just opened my eyes more to all of like those special moments of joy we share together. Yeah. I've, I've experienced the same thing, which is a great thing to have a perspective that way, to be looking for the good. Yes. We'll find it. Absolutely. Even on the hard days, I can still find something. I know. I know. The The other day we had a really hard day and I almost wanted to write, this was a sad day. <laughs> I don't know what could happen. <laughs> and then I was like, no, you can think of something. And I did. I thought of three things that brought me joy that Good day, job. even on like a day that overwhelmingly, I would say, was a sad mm-hmm. day. But that's okay. That's a great we practice. All have Good job. Good moments in hard days and hard moments in good days. <laughs> That's what being mm-hmm. a human is. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on this? Um, I think subject? that's good. Oh, my last thing that I was going to say is that it, along with making things simple and replicable, I've tried to bond over our, I don't know, I don't want to say vices, but Screen time, for instance, whenever we use screen time in our house, we use it deliberately, Jessica, as you're saying, like to get a nap in or to get dinner made. I know that that's a big thing when kids are little. Now that my kids are a little bit Mm -hmm. older, we use a little bit of screen time at the end of the day to all sit together and snuggle before bed. And we'll watch a show that we all like together. And so my kids listed that as one of their favorite things that we do because we get all of that physical touch and we're doing something all together. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we didn't have that time carved out, and this has been especially more in the pandemic when we don't have as much going on. um, If we didn't have that time uh, carved out, they would just be playing or whatever until bed, but it's a little moment of connection. And so anytime we have dessert, we sit down together to eat it. Um, Yeah, like I said, screen time, any of those like little air quotes vices (laughs) that we're indulging Mm -hmm. in, we like to make those a moment of connection as much as possible so that they are doubly enjoyable for everyone in the family. Yeah, well said. I like that. Yeah. All right. We could talk for hours about 
connecting with our children. It's very fun. Let's move on though to um, talking about connecting with our communities. Michelle, I want you to speak to um, why you feel community is so important. This is something that you've taught me um, through our friendship and I just love your thoughts on this. So take it away. I guess I do have some thoughts on this. I think that community is just so important. As humans, I don't believe that we're meant to do life alone at all. And yet we live in a culture that more and more encourages us to be alone, to be individuals, to be self-sufficient. And I don't think that any of those things are necessarily wrong, but I think that they can really hurt people when they result in people feeling alone, especially at trying times in their lives. For instance, I think that mothers have been raising their children alongside other mothers since the dawn of civilization as we know it. And yet, right now, we really encourage moms to be alone a lot or alone at their homes with their kids or um, just kind of doing it in a vacuum. And I think it can cause so much anxiety and sadness and depression to feel like you're the only one looking out for your kids. Mm -hmm. But then we have the added pressures of social media, which make it seem like someone else is doing their job, but better (laughs) somehow they because they're only showing the perfect sides of their life on on social media. And so it can just be such an isolating feeling. And yet I know my life gets so much better when I'm hanging out with other moms and sharing my fears, my hopes, my anxieties with them because I realize, oh, you feel that way too? Oh my gosh, you, your kid also took a long time to potty train? Okay, great. Like just when we share those experiences together, the burden gets so much less. And so I am just such a fan of building the community where our kids are playing and the moms are hanging out and that's how we're doing life. And I don't think that this has to be with people who think and act exactly like you. I think they can, you can have community with people who have different religions or political ideals than you do. And it can all just be fun because we're humans and we're all just learning and growing together. So that's my little mantra. I just think community is really important and social media and news media, everything like that can threaten to destroy the connections to other people that are some of the most important connections of our lives. So let's not let them. Yeah. So I love that. I love that um, philosophy and believe in it. And I felt that way when we lived close to each other. There were times where, like I've stated previously, my husband was very much tied up with his schooling and I was a busy mom with three little, little kids and you would often take me into your home and feed us dinner or you would bring us dinner on those extra busy days and the the lift the help that that was for me at that time I will never forget it and all it takes I think is to um, set aside fear or maybe even pride sometimes to reach out offer assistance and also to accept it yeah and it, it's there's so many different ways we can do this. And that's kind of what we want to talk about moving forward here is how we create this community 
yeah. around us. Yeah. And I would say that you definitely helped me out too. Like when I would call you and say, flag my children down on their way home from school and take them in because I'm not home yet. <laughs> they can't get yeah. into the house because I locked it's, it. It's so nice to have that um, support system around Yes. You I love it. Those reasons and many more. Yeah. And it can be, can be kind of difficult to create new friendships as adults, I think, yeah. and even more so in a pandemic. So Jessica, what are some of the ways that you are creating community? Well, we recently moved here to a different state, like we've talked about. And oh my goodness, I don't think I've ever been met with such a warm welcome. I moved into the most wonderful neighborhood that already had this kind of community established amongst a lot of the women around here. Mm -hmm. And I just was so blessed to be able to be warmly received by them. And it actually started as a bunko group. <laughs> um, and they, they're just, there's actually 16, 17 of us. It's, it's definitely beyond just the game, the monthly game of bunko <laughs> that we play. I, I could talk for a long time about all of the different things that we have been able to support with each other and help create together, but just a few that we've done. One of the members of this group, she is a phenomenal volunteer and advocate in the community. Um, she is on the board for a, a center that is focused on helping sexually abused children. Mm. And um, we were able to kind of combine forces and she was doing like a, a silent auction and a lot of the members of this community have husbands who own businesses and things that donated these different packages to be auctioned off i was able to photograph these little i mean they were like physical packages with gift cards and whatnot i was able to photograph them so that they could be on their instagram and i don't know that's just one example of many different things Recently, as we have been in a pandemic, there's less bunko and more <laughs> connecting in other ways. Of course, some of these women and their families have um, contracted COVID. Somebody will just send out a quick text saying, all right, guys, the Petersons have COVID. Let's do a DoorDash <laughs> gift card. So we'll all donate just a couple dollars. And that quickly grows to enough um, enough money to feed the family a few meals and um it is such a it has been such a blessing in my life to have these wonderful women just so close and i know that they're there whenever i'm struggling and i love to be there when others are also struggling and also celebrate when things are going great cuz a lot of times they are yeah yeah i love that bunko groups for the win i've never been in one but they sound fun <laughs> what about you michelle what are some things that you do okay so we don't have a Bunko group, although that sounds fun. Maybe I should work on that. Uh, but we have, I think I've mentioned it before, invited families over for Sunday brunch and or Sunday dinner because everyone has to eat. And a lot of people have free time on Sunday to give a few hours. And we have definitely loved doing that to connect fam our families with other families. And sometimes it will just be with strangers or near strangers. Maybe we'll see someone at church that looks like fun and we'll invite them over or we will <laughs> if my kids are friends with someone at school we'll invite their family over that kind of thing obviously like that hasn't happened as much recently but we do just okay wait yeah. michelle you have to tell them about your christmas eve open house 
Oh, yes. Remember that? That was so cute. That was fun. Okay, so so pre-pandemic era, when all of this was totally normal. Do you remember those days? (laughs) If you can remember, (laughs) think back. Yeah, we had a Christmas open house, and that's we just wanted it to be an open house for people in our community, in our neighborhood. So the kids invited their friends and their families, and it was really just like from four to eight on a Saturday. And I made like a huge, huge charcuterie board out of our kitchen island. So there was just food everywhere. So beautiful. Oh, yes. So good. And then we had a shark cookery board, which is a charcuterie board of cookies in the other room because it's Christmas and you have to do that. And it was really fun because people came by who we didn't really know them super well. You know, maybe we were meeting our son's friend's dad for the first time or whoever it was. It was just really fun. And it was so cool to connect with all of these people in the community. We invited school teachers and just whoever was available showed up. It was not a big deal. No one had to stay for a long time, but it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. And that is definitely something I'm looking forward to. In the post-pandemic era, when you can just yeah. have open houses and have people <laughs> eating off of the same do giant plate of charcuterie. Do you think it's ever going to be? I know. It's like, do you think we're ever going to go back to that? I don't Like know. mentally? I don't Even know. when technically we're safe? It's so interesting how even when I'm watching movies and people are hugging, I'm like, ugh. I know. You're hugging. I I was surprised this last year to see charcuterie boards still like a thing on Instagram because I was like, hmm, I kind of thought those would die down. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just a big fan of like just putting out a bunch of food in a simple way and inviting people over. I just we did that also actually when we moved in. We (laughs) do our neighborhood. We didn't know anybody here and I had no bunko group. So I like put little (laughs) notes under our like neighbor's doormats, inviting them over to our backyard. And we just had like put out a bunch of food and invited our neighbors over and they all came. You are so good. To introduce themselves. I would never. The hilarious thing is that a large portion of them, even though they're our neighbors, I've like never seen them since that day. But some of them we have seen. But at least you know who's living around. Yes. And it was really it was really fun. And it was fun to get to know the neighborhood. And and yeah, I think that these things can feel like a really big deal, but they don't have to be like it can be the simplest thing. I just people people need to eat and people need to see each other. That's my that's my motto yeah. in life. So um, that's a good point. You combine those two things in any way, and I mean, I think that the other thing that can happen is we put so much pressure on these events. Everything has to be catered. Everything has to be like perfect, and it doesn't have to be that at all. You could literally just have yeah. root beer floats and invite the neighborhood kids over because they would love that. Which we did that too at the end of school. We just like. Yeah, invited the kids over for like a post or like a school getting out treat. And it was just like very simple. And they just played all afternoon, but they thought it was really fun. So that is fun. I feel like as a guest, too, you are a little bit more comfortable when it doesn't feel so perfect and fancy, you know, like, you know, you can kind of relax into it a little bit. And the expectations are real and attainable. Totally, totally. When we moved in, um, I did not host a party. <laughs> oh my goodness! I want to be—I want to be more like you in this way for sure. But um, I did want to get to know my neighbors as well. So I, uh, my sister actually had just gotten married, and I got to take a lot of those wedding flowers home. Mm. 
And I just took took these arrangements and divided them up into like six little glasses uh, that I had on hand and delivered them around to those that lived close to me. And that was fun or like goodies, yeah. baked goods. Once upon a time, that was fine to share too. Mm-hmm. Um, I would pass those out and use that as an excuse to get to know those who are around me. <laughs> so that feels like a little bit more doable. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I secretly hope they don't answer the door because they don't know them. And for some reason, our generation is scared of knocking on doors. But it's, it's always terrifying. It's always so nice. Someone to could like answer it. Actually connect. <laughs> I know. Can we talk about that for a minute? Like, what are your thoughts on showing up unannounced Oh, to people's homes? Because like literally right now downstairs, I have three gifts, little boxes of chocolates to deliver to some of my neighbors that I don't know. And I'm like, should I text them? I don't have all of their numbers. What are your thoughts on this? I appreciate a text. I think uh, privacy is highly valued in the U.S. So I think I appreciate a text if you can. But if you can't, I think loving people is better than not. So I would drop it off. Or, you know, you can even like drop it off, ring the doorbell and leave. Like so they don't have to be confronted with talking to you if they don't want to. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Similar. I think the same. Uh, also, if I, because some of the time the point is though to connect. Yes. Physically, um, it, maybe from a distance at this point mm-hmm. in time, but um, to meet them. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe during the early evening would be a good time to drop by if you're going to, um, because hopefully people are kind of just, I don't know, around preparing for dinner or just hanging out there as a family, it's not really the most private time necessarily. In my opinion, maybe I'm completely off base here, but if I'm going to drop by, I want to be considerate of the time that I am showing up unannounced, which is not often. But I agree with you, though, that I appreciate a text yeah, generally, and so I try to do that yeah. as well myself. I need to go look up in Emily Post's book <laughs> what she says. What the exact, what the real etiquette rule is on this. Because I'm yeah. sure it's in there. <laughs> yeah. And we like to just be out in the yard or like the cul-de-sac or something so that we can talk to people. Get to know our neighbors yeah. without it necessarily being like a super. Just casually. Yeah. Oh, oh here I am hello. again. My children are screaming. Yes, everything's fine. There's the Waters family walking the neighborhood again. There we are, searching for friends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, yes. I love it. Just try to be out in the world. So easy to be in your house a lot, but... So easy. Too easy. But the world is nice out there. I think we're too comfortable that way. But we all do benefit from connecting, and it's so important to know those that you're surrounded by. Yes. So that you can start to create that community or continue that community i will say that like this doesn't always work in my favor when when we first moved into this neighborhood uh we had a neighbor tell us that the other neighbors hosted a neighbor like a block party fourth of july and i wanted to meet the neighbors because we were just new and so i came home early from my vacation (laughs) my fourth of july vacation so that we could go to this air quotes block party only to find mm-hmm. out that it was not a block party. It was just this other family's like family reunion. And uh, stop it. <laughs> and we were oh and we were God. there. 
And I was like, um, you went? Well, I didn't know. So we like showed we up? showed up and the other neighbor like so it was just like this neighbor's family and then like the neighbor who invited us. And then us. Like not any Wait, other neighbor. You were invited though. No. You were like, invited. No? So it was at I don't even know how to say this. It was at neighbor A's house. <laughs> neighbor B invited us and told us that it was a block party. And it was a block but party. But it was just neighbor A's family oh and me. No, it was like me and the kids. And what did you do? Well, and they were so gracious and they invited okay. us in and they were totally sweet and we stayed for a little bit and then we were like, okay, that was fun. <laughs> Bye. Like we didn't oh, stay. So I, I don't, I'm like not always perfect at this, but at the same time, like now we can just laugh about it and we still see them in the neighborhood and have hung out since then and it's all just, it's fine. It's fine. We're all humans. We that's all a, that's a good story. We all accidentally invite <laughs> ourselves places sometimes, and it's 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 so fine. we smile if we're showing up unannounced accidentally, and we smile if people show up. Unannounced. That's right. You just smile. That's all. Gracious, always because right? yes, flexible and gracious. Yes, and I want to. Yes, I want to remember that like those human connections are really important and we don't have to look perfect all the time. We don't have to be perfect all the time, even though, again, that's another thing where because we can present a perfect side of ourselves on the Internet, it can feel like nobody's a regular person who might have just gotten out of the shower. (laughs) But those are all normal, normal parts of life. And it's okay if we share them on occasion. I mean, obviously, people would like to be fully clothed, I think, but... (laughs) (laughs) I do feel like when my I'm really close with my neighbors here where I live, but when they do show up unannounced, I'm fine with it. But also, why is my house always the messiest <laughs> when they show up? They they truly, I'm sure they think that my house is always a disaster where it's only a disaster half the time. Only the half that they're there. They always choose to come. Oh yes. Yes. You know that I have similar thoughts on the subject, but um, like I get dressed every single day because inevitably the only days that I would like choose to stay in pajamas, those are the only days in the history of my life where my neighbors come over and like need me to drive them <laughs> to the auto shop to charge their car battery or something like that. So I'm like, <laughs> I can just picture you so uncomfortable oh, in that situation. Like, yes, let me get dressed. First. But also, though, it's so important to let people in. On that side of us. Yes. Right? Yes. And there's so much pressure to not show that side, which is why we're always like, oh, text me before you come over so I can hurry and what do we call it? Yeah. Panic clean. I know, right? Like we're pretending that's our real life, but it's not, you know? But yes, it's also okay to be in sweats or to be having a... (laughs) Having a conversation in the living room where I'm like, okay, I've literally counted 100 pieces of garbage in this room while we've been talking. (laughs) Okay, Uh, maybe not literally. But but you know what? That person comes over and is like, oh, good. This is what my house looks like, too. You know? (laughs) Most likely we all have those moments. Yes. Or we are running a household. Or they don't notice. They don't notice or they feel relieved because they're like, "Oh." oh, they're normal like me. That's right. All right. Do we have any other ideas about this? I think we're good. Okay. So my last thoughts on this, both with the kids and with communities, is like we're all busy. We all have different schedules and timing. And with our kids, they're different ages and stages. And so I think the real key is just being flexible and adapting and doing whatever is possible at that time and not being hung up on we have to do it exactly this way forever or my children aren't going to love me you know um 
We used to sing a lot more lullabies in our house too. And as the children have gotten older, we don't do that as much, but we connect in other ways. So just however, like whatever is available, seize it. Yeah. To have, to have the eyes or the intention to try to implement maybe one thing to better our connection with our kids in whatever way works for us in whatever stage we're in, like you're saying, or one way that we can kind of nurture or cultivate a community around us. What's what's one thing we can do, right? And it just looks different for everybody. A lot of these things that we've shared, most, I would say all of them. It's not like we do this all the time or oh, we're, no. we're perfect at it, but we're, <laughs> we do maybe we're pretty one at time. it. <laughs> That's right. We're pretty at it. <laughs> we're trying. Yeah. And like, I love to do like I said, those parties where you invite the neighbors over or where we ha- we love to have a big Friendsgiving party every year where the day before Thanksgiving or maybe the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we invite all our friends and I make a turkey and everyone else brings their favorite Thanksgiving side. And it's like the best day of the year. And there has never been the same crowd twice because it's just whoever's available and who wants to come. But um this year, obviously, like that didn't happen. So we're figuring out different ways to grow our community. And we're becoming closer with families where like our entire family enjoys hanging out together because that that just works a little bit better. And I've started going on morning walks to a coffee shop with a friend who lives in the neighborhood. And then our kids will get together and play later on in the day. But we get some of that adult time, some mom time, and some Mm -hmm. caffeine also also critical. <laughs> and it's just been really fun. And I'll, and we bail on each other when it's too, uh, too rainy or cold to walk all that way. It's like a two mile walk, but it has been really fun. Yeah, that is a long walk. That is a long walk. I know that. Yeah. I know the path, so we can't do road. it all the time, but we have really enjoyed. And actually this particular neighbor that I've started doing this with, we didn't know each other until we started doing this. And it's just been fun getting to like meet a new friend. And so I think that we all have to be flexible but we've all got to be looking for the ways to be in connection, be in community. And, you know, some of that is putting ourselves out there and it might be a little bit uncomfortable. It might be awkward sometimes, but I truly believe that like we grow from those situations. They make us so much better and so much happier in the long run, even if they're slightly uncomfortable at first. Agreed. There's always something that I can learn from the people in my life that I have extended myself or allowed in to my life. It's really a really important part, I think, of becoming a well-rounded human that has the ability to hear others' perspectives and also broaden our own. Yeah, absolutely. I work really hard on not living in an echo chamber. Good way to say it's that. It's just, mm-hmm. it's easy to do. It's easy to surround yourself just with people who think and act and talk exactly like you do. But I am consciously seeking out people with different opinions than my own with different life experiences than my own and and something that i've realized is i will be in community with let's say another mother who is raising her children totally differently than i am and i know that she loves her kids and she wants the best for them just like i love my kids and want the best for them even if we have different ideas about what that best might be we can still learn so much from each other and still really enjoy each other's company, even if we don't agree 100% on 100% of the things that we're doing or talking about. And yeah, I know that sometimes those are challenging relationships to have, but I think that they're valuable. 
and that we should be pursuing them. I, I absolutely agree with you. And of course, with that, it's also really fun to have your <laughs> rough draft comment friends, which uh, my friend came up with that phrase. And I know I've shared it with you, Jessica, because I love it so much. And that's just someone you're so comfortable with that you can <laughs> say the rough draft comment yeah. of whatever you're thinking and maybe and be safe. <laughs> yeah, and you'll be and safe. Feel safe about and it. you can yeah. maybe take it back and be like, no, I actually don't think that or that didn't come out right. Or maybe I don't actually feel that way about whatever topic we're talking about, but it's a safe space. And there are those friends that you have. And then there are friends that you might not have that same yeah. comfort level and that same safety with. And that's okay. You can still learn and, and, and grow to from not those expect friends. them. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But, but to not get so caught up in the fact that like everybody that you meet needs to eventually be in that rough draft friend yeah that's not gonna happen no that's a very special relationship <laughs> yeah everybody um occupies a different place i think on the spectrum mm -hmm. of friendship yeah and they they all benefit and serve my life yeah and hopefully my friendship benefits and serves them as well right yes very very good point to quote high school musical we're all in this together that's right <laughs> if you could see me i'm doing the dance yeah do you know the dance oh i sure do <laughs> <laughs> because we are i just i think we find so much joy from doing these things together and from not feeling like we have to be alone all the time so let's do it let's do it together okay well i want to know michelle what specifically you're working on this month in either of these areas because our whole point of this podcast right together is to really uh develop these different areas so this month has been all about connection and i want to know what's something you've done this month to further these or are going to do to further these relationships yeah for us as i've mentioned many times we're homeschooling all the kids they're all here all the time and so i think that it's been difficult to carve out time for each child like individually to get a little one-on-one -on -one time because they don't go to school we haven't been doing the cold cereal dates but maybe we'll have to bring those back but i will be doing our little worksheet that we made earlier in the month for each of my kids. And so it just talks about like our favorite memories together, things we like doing together, and then a, and then specific ways I can love them this week. And so I'm going to do that for each one of them and just look for those little ways we can connect over the week to come. I love that. What about you? What are you doing? I have made it a goal to write a handwritten card every week to someone different. And I, I want to send it to those that I've, I've sent a bunch to my, my galentines, mm -hmm. right? My roommates from college. But, um, the point of this goal for me is to reach out to those that I haven't connected with for a while, or some of my friends that I know are particularly going through a hard time. I want to send, um, just a note of encouragement or love every week. I love that. And I hope this continues on past this month because I think it's a really important practice in my life. Yeah, I love it. Setting that goal, putting it into your schedule makes it easier to accomplish. Yes. Okay, Michelle. Well, I think we've uh, talked for a, a sufficient amount of time at this point about these subjects. We could go all day. But if you guys, any of you who are listening are improving in any way this month, we would just love to hear about it on Instagram. Yes, you can DM us there. Maybe someday we'll get like an official email address. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. You could email us that things. That would be cool. Uh, but until next time, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for being here. <laughs> and hopefully you'll come back and join us next month when we're talking about 
organization because it's time for spring cleaning and I know we feel good when we feel on top of our lives and our homes and our schedules and everything that goes along with it. So we're just going to be talking about how we do that. So come back and we'll talk to you in March. Until then, bye. Bye. Bye.